Hey guys, welcome to the Creation Today Show. I am your host, Eric Hovind, and it is a privilege to be hanging out with you today. We decided that today we'd talk about beyond Darwin. What's the scientific alternative to evolution? Because we need one. <laughs> evolution is not working. It's not helping. Uh, and I, I decided today I'm going to fly solo. I gave this conversation or gave this talk at Illinois State University a couple months ago, and the the individuals had so many questions as I presented this information. I thought, wow, I'm I'm still surprised more people don't know this information about Darwinian evolution and why we need to move beyond it. Why our science is way past up what Darwin's ideas presented to the world, despite the fact that they are still so embraced by the world today. So today I'm, uh, I'm flying solo and I just want to have a conversation with you guys. Um, thank you to uh, our Creation Today members. Let me get my screen share going here. Uh, thank you to our Creation Today members for, for joining me here. Uh, I just, I love having you guys on. So uh, Amber and Andrew and uh, Dennis and Gary and Joe and Jonathan and Tony, good to see you. PK, great to have you back on here. I hadn't seen you on here in a little while. Uh, just all of you guys that are on here, love you guys. Uh, thanks for making Creation Today uh, have the ability, uh, letting Creation Today have the ability to produce resources and share those with the world. It really is amazing. I want to do uh, some some stats for us at some point to kind of share with you guys where we're at on uh, on on who who we're reaching and how we're reaching them. Uh, kind of some of the most effective ways that you guys. Uh, are partnering with us to do that. Uh, we got some new partners here this month. I want to share those with you. Shirley and David, welcome to the Creation Today uh, partnership. Shannon and Nancy, Constance, Megan, I think it's Glycel. Pleasure to have you, Glycel. Luan, AJ, Dan, Timothy, Mark, and Jay, new partners to Creation Today. Guys, thank you for really trying to help us turn people's stumbling blocks that keep them from seeing Jesus as the Creator and, and Savior into stepping stones, helping them understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This world really was created by God. We have an almighty creator, and we're going to answer to him one day. So it's really, 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 really important to right now in the here and now, find out who God is and what he wants for our lives, and then get about doing it. So this show is really a discipleship program to help people do that. And we do that through partners. So if you ever want to partner with us, come on over to creationtoday.org slash partner, and you can partner with us to be part of what we are doing. Um, so today's conversation, uh, Beyond Darwin, Scientific Alternatives to Evolution, I think is going to be helpful for you. Um, some of you that study apologetics will already be a little bit familiar with some of this material. Uh, some of us that have learned a little bit about, you know, the Bible and science and how they go together, we may just now be learning this, and I think for some of you, this, this is going to be a real eye-opener. You're going to go, didn't know that, didn't know that, didn't know that, hadn't heard of that website, didn't know that. Uh, so I'm kind of excited. For probably 15, 20 years now, the Discovery Institute has gathered scientists and started writing uh, and creating ideas around the idea of intelligent design. And many of you will be familiar with the intelligent design movement. These are scientists saying, we're looking at the data, we're looking at the facts, we're looking at the science, and we're coming to the conclusion there had to be a designer. Now, historically, they weren't coming out and saying the God of the Bible. Uh, more recently, uh, in, in his book, um, 
What's it? Stephen Meyer's brand new book. You'll have to put it in the chat for me. Stephen Myers has a new book out. He did Signature in the Cell and then um, kind of the, somebody's going to put it in there, but um, the fact that now we, we can actually go ahead and name that designer. And so he's coming out a little bit more clear on on the uh, the God of the Bible, the creator of the universe, God, versus any other religious worldview and, and their uh, ideas of who God is. So uh, excited about that. Uh, one of the guys that's been part of the Discovery Institute for a long time, Michael Denton, is exposing that, look, evolution has to move beyond Darwin. We, we, we've got to go past what Darwin taught us. Uh, and I'll give you a little history lesson here in just a second. But we've got to move past this idea because it's not healthy. It's actually hindering. It's actually hurting science because it's forcing scientists to look at the data through the lens of Darwinian evolution being true and then forcing them to interpret the data with that lens rather than saying, hey, what are our options? What could it be out there? Return of the God hypothesis, William, you are good. Thank you, sir. And Marlissa, thank you, ma'am. Return of the God hypothesis is uh, is his new Stephen Meyer's new book. Um, so it's compelling scientific evidence for the existence of God. Uh, more than just intelligent design saying there must be a designer, he's going, no, Look at the scientific data. There is a God. Now, I've got my own issues with the intelligent design community. I wish they'd come out and say it's God right away. It is a a bottom-up approach to try to um, show the existence or prove the existence of God. I prefer the top-down approach. Um, we, we relate it to a crime scene. If you walked into a convenience store and you were the detective and you were there to investigate a robbery and a murder and you walked into this crime scene... And you got your police tape all around, nobody's come in, and you start checking out the evidence, and you see some broken glass, and it looks like the, the guy broke in, and then you see some of the bags of chips had fallen, it looks like some people had fallen right there. Then you see the body of the victim, you see where he's laying, there's a footprint in the blood, that same footprint is over on the countertop, it looks like he had hopped over the countertop, the cash out of the cash register is gone. So obviously a robbery, you could deduce and look at the evidence and try to figure out, paint a picture of what happened here. But if somebody else comes along and says, oh, hey, uh, the store had a security camera. Here, watch this. And they take you to the back room and hit play and you watch the murder and the robbery unfold. Now you know exactly where each piece of the puzzle fits. You know exactly where every piece of evidence goes because you watched the crime scene in action. In the same way, I go, guys, it's not ignorant to pull out the videotape of how God created the heavens and the earth and say, God is the creator. He told us how he did it. So I stick with, I start with, I say, the videotape, the surveillance footage of what happened, God's word. And all the science, all the data fits perfectly with what God's word actually says. So uh, it was interesting, though, in, in an article, uh, how we move beyond Darwin uh, to the miracle of man that he put out last year. Even as the scientific vision of humankind as an accidental byproduct of the cosmos became ascendant, the first seeds of a new scientific revolution were sprouting. In other words, right when Darwin was coming out with what he was promoting, Darwin and evolution, People were already dissenting and doubting that. One revealing the fine-tuning of nature for human existence. Already people were going, well, wait a minute, this universe is perfectly designed. And they've, they've um, 
really helped develop the fine-tuning argument, how the gravitational force has to be absolutely perfect and all these different scientific laws that they say are on a razor's edge and if you've ever seen some of their films from uh, illustra media is the name of the company if you've ever seen some of their films they do a great job of that they'll do some animation and they'll show a ruler that's like you know thousands of miles long and say if this ruler represents all the different gravitational forces that we could have stronger that direction weaker that direction here's what you would have to have for life to exist on planet Earth, and then they show you exactly where the gravitational force needs to be. And then they go, listen, if you were to move just a little bit this way, an, in, an inch this way, or an inch this way out of this hundreds of miles or thousands of miles, you don't get life. And then anyway, they present this and show it looks like life was designed. Again, they're coming from the data, from the, from the facts, from the information, and trying to deduce what happened. I go the other direction, but but he goes on, he says, as the Darwinian uh, paradigm tightened its grip on mainstream biology and science, all vestiges of the old teleological organis organismic universe, all notions which place humankind or life on earth in any special or privileged place in the order of things were banished from mainstream academic debates. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a problem. When we are looking at the world and saying we're not going to allow the supernatural to come into the scientific debate, that's a problem. It's certainly not scientific to do so. And they'll argue, well, science can only deal with the natural world. I get it. But then you need to stick with just the natural world. And you need to stop trying to explain how things came into the natural world and you now, if you're just going to stick with the natural world, you now can't explain things like logic and morality uh, and the very science that you're using. Science, the laws of science are not material in nature. They'll say, well, they're just a product of the universe. How, why? You're just saying that. We've got to move beyond Darwinian evolution. So we ask questions like, hey, were humans created or did we evolve? What do you think about just humanity? Did we evolve from ape-like ancestors or were we actually created specifically by God? Um, I, out of nothing, like in the image of God, imagio dei in the, uh, in, the, in the Greek. Is that Hebrew or Greek? I'm forgetting now. But imagio dei, somebody correct me in the chat here. Um, if animals, uh, if there are animals, were the animals created or did those animals evolve by chance? Well, if, if we got a question about humanity, we got a question about animals, we got to ask the question about this whole planet. Was planet Earth created or did planet Earth evolve by itself? I don't know. If you raise your hand, if you're, if you're watching with me here. Uh, so, by the way, for those of you on Facebook and YouTube, thanks for hanging out with me. You guys are kind of looking into the, uh, to the little community here we have at Creation Today. If you ever want to join our community, like I said, come on over to creationtoday.org. But um, uh you guys, if you have ever seen Cosmos, either uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the new version of Cosmos, or portions of it, or Carl Sagan, the original Cosmos that they require to be teaching in school, raise your hand if you're watching here with me uh, and you've seen that. Uh, got a bunch of you guys on here today. Okay, so Gary, you've seen it. Anybody else out of all you guys? There's a bunch of you guys on here. Uh, anybody else seen Cosmos? Gary has not. Rodney says, I have, but didn't raise his hand. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Tony... Um, Okay, so some of us have seen it. It, it to me, 
is mind-boggling to watch Cosmos and how they'll show the moon forming. They'll just show all these comets coming and making the moon. And it was, you know, 200,000 miles closer to the earth. Well, it's what? So we're talking about a moon 73 miles, 73,000 miles away from planet earth. Do you realize what kind of problems you have there? The inverse square law would take effect and the moon and the earth would just crash into each other. Anyway, was the earth created or did the earth evolve? When you watch these shows, they make it just sound like, of course it evolved. Of course that happened. And when you pay close attention, you're going, it's absurdity. It's fairy tales. They're making this stuff up. It is not scientific whatsoever. So was the earth created or did the earth evolve? And then, of course, we got to ask the question about our solar system and the whole, our galaxy and the whole universe. What about the entire universe? Was it created or did it evolve? What about the properties that make up our universe? Time, space, matter, and energy. Were time, space, matter, and energy, were they created or did they evolve? And this brings us to the two basic worldviews that are out there. Some people look at this world, they say, a Big Bang is what made this world from absolutely nothing. And this idea came out because, uh, who was the guy looking through his uh, telescope? Uh, the Hubble. Uh, Hubble's looking through his telescope and he's realizing galaxies are getting further and further away. And no matter which direction he looked, the galaxies seem to be getting further and further away from where we're at. So he said, it looks like the universe is expanding. Well, they drew from that. Well, maybe if we go back in time, that means it used to be closer together. It's possible that everything started off as a singularity and then expanded. It was actually by the newspapers that uh, it was actually the newspapers that nicknamed this the Big Bang, even though there's no atmosphere. So there's not really a bang. Uh, and it was really, really tiny, but I guess it grew big. So anyway, they nicknamed it the Big Bang and that took off and everybody now calls it the Big Bang idea. By the way, scientists are now beginning to reject the Big Bang idea. But this is one, one way to explain, I guess, what we see. We see a universe. We see our galaxies, we see the earth, we see uh, animals, we see mankind. This is one explanation of where man came from. But, and this is by the way, the humanist worldview or the evolutionary worldview. The problem is this worldview comes from the perspective of there is no God. Some people try to blend this there is no God idea with, well, maybe God used evolution. See, I look at the world and I say, no, this world is incredibly designed. God was a smart designer. He's a very, very intelligent designer. That's the creationist worldview. Some people are trying to, to, to bring together, to mesh together creation and evolution. And I think you have big problems when you do that. When you think about the two different worldviews, they don't go together. They're not the same thing. The creation worldview, if you were to take just the Bible and, and you were to take it seriously and take the dates that are in here as accurate, you would read and you'd find out that Adam, from Adam to Abraham is about 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus Christ is another 2,000 years. And then from Jesus Christ to today is about another 2,000 years. And you get an age of approximately 6,000 years for the age of the earth. That's not what the evolution timeline is teaching. The evolution of the secular timeline is teaching somewhere between 13 and 20 billion years ago is when the Big Bang happened. Right now, they're at about 13.8 billion years. It's funny because they'll say plus or minus, and they'll give this little bitty percentage of like, it's got to be really close. Guys, they've changed it from 18 up to 20, down to 12, back up to 13, then 13.4, then 13.8, every time with a tiny margin of error, and then, oops, we were wrong. Let alone what the James Webb Space Telescope is discovering. They're like, uh-oh, galaxies that are supposed to be 
uh, uh, just now forming, we're seeing them fully formed, fully functional. We got a problem. James Webb Space Telescope is destroying um, uh, classic um, um, astronomy and and cosmology. It's destroying many of the things that they held dear about about how the world began. But anyway, 13 to 20 billion years ago, uh, the Earth formed. Uh, excuse me, uh, there was a big bang. And then nothing happened for a while. 4.6 billion years ago is when the Earth cooled down. So our ball of dirt, our planet Earth formed 4.6 billion years ago. 3 billion years ago is when life evolved here on Earth. Another, We'll talk about that in a second. Another major issue they cannot overcome. Uh, then life continued to evolve. Around 3 million years ago is when mankind evolved. And now here we are today, uh, the product of blind, random chance in a purposeless universe. Now, Here's one of my big struggles, and I'm going to talk about this for a little while in, in, in later on in the show. One of my big struggles is the number of churches and seminaries that are embracing God and evolution. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I just saw this video last week. Andy Stanley is now embracing the evolution worldview, saying that evolution is the means theism is the agent i'm going to show you the whole video i might not have time to do this till the second half uh of the show but uh, i want to show you guys the whole video and i want to talk through this because i'm like man this is a very prominent very um uh high profile pastor who is now publicly okay with embracing evolution and creation together uh, I'll, I gotta save it, but I got clips from atheists. I'm actually gonna have uh, film a show here in just a few minutes with another atheist friend of mine later this afternoon. And he would agree, he's like, you, you can't, you can't take both sides. <laughs> that just doesn't work. You can't, you can't take the God side and the evolution side because the whole point is they don't go together. That is the very point. But anyway, we'll talk about that uh, in just a minute. But guys, it's time to move beyond Darwin. Let me share with you a couple more reasons why we need to move beyond Darwin and, and get a scientific alternative to evolution. Are you familiar with descentfromdarwin.org? Descentfromdarwin.org. I got a video of the statement, and this is from their website, descentfromdarwin.org. These are scientists saying we disagree with the tenets of Darwinian evolution. Check this out. I'm skeptical of the claim. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. We are skeptical of claims for the ability of random mutations and natural selection to account for the complexity of life. A careful examination of the evidence for Darwinian theory should be encouraged. Skeptical. 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 Of claims for the ability for the ability of random mutations and natural selection to account for the complexity. Complexity. The complexity. The complexity. To account for the complexity of life. Careful examination. 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 Of the evidence for Darwinian theory should be encouraged.
I encourage you to check it out. I'm telling you guys, th these are not, uh, can I, can I use the term cream puffs? These are, these are not cream puffs. Okay. This is not, um, uh, individuals that, uh, really have no, no basis for, de um, uh, denying Darwinian evolution. They, they are, they're denying evolution and, and doing it for a reason. They're saying, look, I've examined the evidence and I don't see the evidence for Darwinian evolution. L look at this. These are all scientists. This is the list. I I'm going to go through it quickly. I'm just going to flash all the, all the uh, pages. You can download this yourself. These are all the pages, descentfromdarwin.org. These are all, every line is a professor who's saying, I question Darwinian evolution. It doesn't seem like Darwinian evolution is what makes the most sense of the scientific data that we're seeing today. And it doesn't. Darwinian evolution cannot account for what we observe happening in real life. It's got a lot of problems. I'll go through some of those, but Darwinian evolution cannot account for it. Guys, it's time for us to move beyond Darwinian evolution. It really is. Let's move beyond Darwin. I received a book, um, well, probably 15, maybe 17 years ago. Uh, it came in the mail, shipped right here to the ministry. It was from a Muslim and he had done this big old journal, apparently independently wealthy. They sent this volume. It was a tome. I mean, the book had to be about that size right there. And I was trying to find it. It's, it's in my library somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Uh, and it's about that thick. And this guy, Hearn Yahya, uh, is, a, is, a, is a Muslim, and he is presenting evidence against evolution. Now, he does believe in long ages, I'll tell you that. But he gives an incredible photographic documentation showing no evolution has taken place. For example, he shows a, a picture of an alligator and a fossil alligator. Now, according to the old earth interpretation and, and according to the evolutionary interpretation, this fossil alligator would be somewhere between 54 and 37 million years old. This one's from Germany. Now, when they examine the, the crocodile from somewhere between 37 million and 54 million years ago, they notice something. It hasn't changed. It hasn't evolved in that many years. In that many million years, there's been no change take place. It hasn't gotten a little bit better. Evolution hasn't done anything to the crocodile in over 30 million years. It's the exact same. The coelacanth, the, the coelacanth used to be the index fossil for rock that was 410 million years old. So he shows the fossil coelacanth. Well, not long ago, they discovered the coelacanth is still alive. If it's still alive, it certainly can't be guaranteed to be the index fossil for rock 410 million years old. And when you examine the fossils of the coelacanth and the living coelacanth today, Guess how much evolution took place on the coelacanth in 410 million years? Keep in mind, they say that humans evolved from apes, you know, in just a couple million years. So we went from ape-like to human in a couple million years. 410 million years, the coelacanth hasn't changed at all. It's exactly the same as we find it in the fossil record. They find horseshoe crabs that are supposedly... 450 million years old in the fossil record. When you compare the fossils of a horseshoe crab that are supposedly 450 million years old to a modern day uh, horseshoe crab, 
Guess how different they are? None. Guys, no evolution in 450 million years. Darwinian evolution didn't work on this guy, you'd have to say. Uh, you got more. There's the uh, lizard. The, um, this lizard, this fossil lizard they discovered is supposedly 200 million years old. When we compare that to a modern-day lizard, it's the exact same. No evolution for 200 million years. They found a fossil spider that was supposedly 355 to 200, 295 to 355 million years old. Guess how much the spider evolved in over 300 million years? Nada. Zero. Or you're just going to have to chalk this up and say, well, evolution just didn't work on that one. Or you'd have to say, well, it just evolved as high as it can go. That's as high as it can go. It's still dying. <laughs> like, why, why, why haven't they evolved the ability not to die? I don't understand that one. Um, salamanders, supposedly 125 million years old, have been discovered in the fossil record. And when you compare them to a modern-day salamander, guess how much supposed change or supposed evolution has taken place in 125 million years? None. Zero. Nada. How about shrimp? They find shrimp that are supposedly 206, 144 to 206 million years old. And yet the shrimp in the fossil record and the shrimp that are alive today are exactly the same. There's been no evolution for somewhere between 144 and 206 million years. The dragonfly, same thing for 150 million years. No evolution has taken place. They can do plants as well, ferns. You can find ferns in the fossil record, compare them to what they are today. This fern is supposedly 300 million years old, yet it hasn't evolved at all. At some point, guys, we've got to back up and go, maybe evolution isn't happening. Maybe it's not doing what they claimed it's doing, small, gradual changes over time. Because the, the fern hasn't changed in 300 million years, according to the evolution old earth worldview. What about a garfish? They find fossil garfish. <laughs> this garfish is supposedly 37 to 54 million years old. And no surprise to the creationist who believe it's not that old. Those died during the flood 4,400 years ago. Guess what? Zero change in the garfish from the fossil garfish that is supposedly over 37 million years old and a modern-day garfish that you can go catch today. Um, the poplar leaf, another one. I'm telling you, he goes through this entire volume. He has actually released two of them. There's a second one. Uh, this entire tome is nothing but example after example after example of things that have not changed at all. The poplar leaf that is supposedly 37 over 37 million years old is the exact same as the poplar leaf we find in the fossil record. The uh, stingrays, uh, have, how would you even fossilize a stingray? I mean, seriously, when those die out in the ocean today, I, we see them out here at the beach. We see more manta rays. But anyway, you see them out here uh, in Pensacola. When those die, they don't turn into fossils. They, they don't go down to the bottom and say, okay, I'm ready to harden and be, you know, let my substance be replaced with minerals. They don't turn into fossils. Yeah, we find a fossil stingray, again, supposedly over 37 million years old in the fossil record. Compared to a modern-day stingray, it hasn't changed its biology at all. Zero change in over 37 million years. That is 
scientifically, evolutionary, scientifically impossible. It would have changed quite a bit during those times. They find sardines. No surprise, the sardines look exactly the same as they do today. Millipedes have been discovered in the fossil record. Guess how much change there's been to the millipede? None. In 300 million years, no change to the millipede. Guys, I mean, don't take us for fools. It's not foolish to say Darwinian evolution did not happen. It's wise to show Darwinian evolution could not have happened. They've found crabs that are supposedly 50 million years old. They haven't changed. Rabbits have been discovered in the fossil record. They haven't changed. Sumac leaf in the fossil record, exact same as it is today. Guys, and this book goes on. I could go, I could literally spend an, about an hour and a half showing picture after picture after picture, showing what we see in the fossil record and what we see alive today are the exact same thing. Zero evolution has taken place. No evolution whatsoever has taken place. Guys, it is time for us to move beyond Darwin and say Darwinian evolution doesn't make sense. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I happen to know what that better way is. Matter of fact, I'm going to share it with you. I know the better way. I've got a scientific alternative to Darwinian evolution. But first, I need to talk about what evolution means. I need to talk about Andy Stanley, and then I'm going to have time just at the end to give you the, uh, the, uh, the, the summary of what a scientific alternative is to Darwinian evolution. Before I do that, though, uh, YouTube uh, and Facebook, I've got to let you guys go. I'm so sorry. I'd love for you guys to catch the rest of this program. It's available at Creation Today. Just go to creationtoday.org slash partner, and you can, you can join us for all the programs we do, past, present, and the future, and we got some really, really good ones that we do on a regular basis. Next week, we are we're calling out the scoffers. Okay, we're saying, "Hey, scoffers, bring it on!" So my guest Simon and I are going to enjoy a fantastic conversation. He wrote a book on scoffers and two scoffers. So let's find out why the Bible says in the last days scoffers are going to come. So we're going to have a conversation about that. Uh, but uh, we do have some incredible programs. You can you can catch the first half of any of them on our website, creationtoday.org, and then you go to the on-demand section. So feel free to check that out. A lot of great programs. Our desire is to disciple this world. We're realizing that we need to be an aid and a help to the body of Christ. A lot of people do not know how to bring together science and scripture. So we merge science and scripture in a way for everybody to understand. Would love for you to uh, to hang out with us on a weekly basis. Uh, and and uh, if you can't watch them live, we'll send you the replay when you sign up. Um, one more quick announcement. Uh, we have, I just learned yesterday, there are eight seats left, eight, count them, left, to go to the Grand Canyon with us in June. Uh, our team, our whole uh, team here is going to be going to the Grand Canyon. I go every single year. It's the first year our entire team is going. You're invited, and I've only got eight seats left. It is an incredible opportunity uh, to go hiking the rim of the canyon, go to the oldest trading post in the world, uh, I guess not world, in America, Cameron Trading Post, uh, float down the Colorado River starting at the Glen Canyon Dam. Uh, it truly is an amazing experience. If you want to go, just go to creationtoday.org slash Grand Canyon, creationtoday.org slash Grand Canyon. We're always having fun on that trip. Okay, look forward to seeing you guys next week for uh, Calling Out Skeptics. Until then, God bless you guys. Uh, come on over to Creation Today if you want the rest of this.